You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! Welcome to episode 127, people. It's a it's a new dawn. It's a new day. All right, we're here. <laughs> Let's go! I am your host, Gage Dempster, aka at Gilbo Biggins on Twitter. I am joined by Daniel the Manual at Dana's DTM on Twitter. Joined by the ever beautiful, ever brokenhearted Christian Asias at ISO Christian, the man who is always trying to find love, and the Nintendo aficionado Rashan. The man. <laughs> I love how mine is just the regular. All right. Gamer boys, gamer girls, and, and gamers that don't fit into that spectrum. We have got a lot to talk about today. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Manmeet. Manmeet is a website where you can go and they will send you the human equivalent of whatever meat you want. So no, use no, the code no, no. podcastpxn at manmeat.com. Is this a- and- I'm not going to switch it up, actually. Never mind. I'm already Googling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man ain't barbecue. Oh, wow. See? I wasn't lying. How'd you so- get the sponsors? Um, <laughs> the topic of the show today, ladies and gentlemen, is... Call of Duty. Looks like things are looking to shake up now that uh, Xbox has acqu- is planning to, is in the process of acquiring Activision Blizzard, but we're going to talk about that more at the end for the topic of the show. So we're going to be discussing Call of Duty and the changes that are happening, that seem to be happening, and what other changes we might look forward to in the future. But first, it's the news of the week, and we always start with Quick Bites. So uh, we've got quite a few Quick Bites today. Um, First off is Ubisoft. So they've recently confirmed uh, their plans. It looks like this was a picture. So this is coming from Jeff Keighley on Twitter. It looks like it's a screen grab of maybe an investor slideshow or something like that. But um, it looks like uh, Ubisoft has confirmed its plans to release um, the following games between April 2022 and April 2023, which is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which I'm curious about. Uh, Mario and Rabbids, wow. Spark of Hope, and uh, Skull and Bones, which, from my understanding, they have a contractual obligation to the country of Singapore, which is why that game has not been canceled yet, which is interesting. Oh. Um, huh. Is that true? Yes, I, I, I am. Yeah, that's. I can't that's, tell with you. That's what I've. No, no. That, I mean, that's a, what's the joke? What's the punchline? <laughs> they they have they have some sort of contractual mm. obligation to Singapore. There's some sort of uh, thing that I don't know what's going on with that, but. Um, anybody excited for any of these games? I mean, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I mean, the fact that that game is being made in Snowdrop, I think it has a it has the potential to be like a visual showcase, like uh, sort of game where, regardless of how it plays, regardless of the critical reception, it could be one of those games where it's like, holy crap, this looks amazing. Yeah. But, but that game got like announced late last year, and it's already going to be fitted into that this time window of you know middle of this year to the middle of next year. That is insane. I didn't know that game was that far along or what it's going to look like. So I'm like very cautious about Avatar, let alone School and Bones, which just has been, I don't know, not dead per se, but in limbo for, for years. Yeah. Mario and Rabbids is the only one I was like, yes, that one looks like it's ready to go in the next, the next year. Uh, and then more exciting games. So, well, we'll, see. we'll see. Right. More exciting games. So that's the, that's the other part. Does anybody, um, I mean, we can move on if you want, but does anybody have, does anything jump out? Do you guys think anybody knows? Let us know, please. 
Yes. True. Between, but before April 2023, do you think? Probably not. No, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only the only ones that I could think of are those uh, Ubisoft originals that just seem to have also disappeared, like uh, Division Heartland. I think there was something mm-hmm. else as well, but they they stopped what about talking Yarny? about those. Yarny. Unraveled. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, is, oh. Was, was oh, that yeah. Ubisoft's original? That was EA. Oh, but they should do it. They should do it. That was EA, wasn't it? They should yeah. do like a dark spinoff that's just called Yarny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as it focuses on the character, it's a character piece. Um, also, real quick before I forget, I want to, can I get, uh, we have a, we have a, a diehard fan who listens to every episode, Glenn, can I get, um, the time at which it took for Dan's face to get red and for him to cover his face? I want to know, I'm trying to go for a high score here, so I want to know how quickly into this episode that happened. Thank and you. how many times it happened. It was like two seconds. It was like yeah. two seconds. It was, yeah. But I want to know the exact timestamp. Um, moving on. Sorry, Christian, go ahead. No, it's a, please. Don't forget okay. Brenty's in the chat, too. Brenty is also in the chat. Let's see. Hi, Brenty. Hello. Have a good one, fellas. Brenty, you have yourself a good one. Up the <laughs> reds, Brenty. Please. Please. Um, <laughs> EA admits Battlefield 2042 didn't reach player expectations, partially blames COVID and Halo Infinite's stealth release. So there was an internal um, report that made its way, that became external report. Uh, and yeah, they've, they, it's, it's quite... I don't know how I feel about this. I, f- I kind of feel like people are taking this and running with it. And this is coming from somebody who enjoys Halo Infinite and did not enjoy Battlefield 2042. So if anything, my bias should be the other way. But uh, there was a small excerpt where they mentioned that the stealth release of Halo Infinite uh, launching four days before Battlefield 2042 certainly didn't do it any favor- uh, favors because of the uh, level of polish and the difference between those two games. I, I personally thought this was a pretty candid uh, report. And I don't think that's the... I don't think that that is the main reason that the the game failed. I think that they're just mentioning that on top of everything else. But yes, Christian, what would you like to say? Okay, let me go first before Dan pops out because I know this boy's about to pop off. <laughs> Personally, this is just as funny as um, I don't see it in here, so I'm going to say it now. This is just as funny as Square coming out and saying Guardians was a disappointment. I was like, what? What are we talking about? Guardians is great. Like, <laughs> EA is blaming um, COVID and Halo Infinite for its poor reception. Knowing full and well that the fan base, uh, when they were when they previewed it, was like, "Hey, there are a bunch of stuff missing from this game. It is not like yep. it's ready to go. We need like X, Y, and Z to be in this game for it to be like in a shippable state, like for people to to receive it well." And then EA being like, "Whatever, it's it's gonna be out any- anyway." Confounds me. Yeah, I yeah. cannot understand this. Yeah, like like you're saying, Christian, they're they're framing this as if COVID and Halo Infinite were you know reasons for why it didn't succeed, but in, in reality, it didn't succeed because they didn't delay the game to give it more time. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Christian. It was a radical departure from a lot of a lot of gameplay mechanics were radical radical departure from what Battlefield used to do and from what fans wanted, and they yeah. they got that feedback and they chose to ignore it, and. Um, that's that's exactly what happens. I don't, but I see, I see a lot of people saying that uh, that uh, they're trying to blame Halo Infinite. I feel like that was a small part of the report, but it certainly, I mean, it certainly is true. Like Halo came out four days before and was infinitely more polished, so it obviously didn't yeah. make it look didn't didn't make it look good. Um, but that's on top of the fact of all the mistakes that they made, design choices, and the higher ups. I'm sure trying to get that game out the door for the holiday rush, even though it wasn't ready. So it's it's funny that like most Battlefield players know that like the best time to buy a battlefield game is a year after release once it's actually like in a polished state right and infinite was sure yeah definitely not different and to be fair like infinite like 
infinite isn't perfect either like it has problems and it probably should have been delayed as well but like the gameplay mechanics of infinite were are largely like phenomenal so like that's kind of the difference there i guess it's a it's a different issue where it's that uh halo infinite is not content complete but it is like it's polished like what is there works and is functional Mm -hmm. and is uh at you know high quality but it's it's very little that is there whereas uh battlefield is or battle yeah battlefield is kind of the opposite where it's got a, so much in there that's half done, that's half baked. So yeah. they both the, both games have their issues, but yeah, definitely different. And optics wise, yeah, Halo made for a lot of good sizzle reels, whereas Battlefield, I just saw bug clips, like clips of bugs and glitches, like for the first two weeks after that game came out. Um, Retro Studios has updated their Twitter banner to include some Metroid Prime Four art, which is exciting for all the Nintendo nerds out there. Uh, Rashan, I'm gonna kick this over to you. How does this make you feel? Uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping that uh, maybe by the summer they have something to show us. Uh, maybe a little another a new teaser trailer because the last one we got was a while ago and it was just the logo. <laughs> Pretty sure that was the last one we got at least. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see something from them. Um, unfortunately, it seems like they are still hiring people to help out with this project, which means they're. I don't think they're super close to it being done, but I'm just hoping that they're at a, at a state where they can show us a little gameplay, maybe even a cinematic trailer, just anything at this point, uh, just to let us know that they're still trucking along with it. But at least it's great that they're acknowledging it and uh, that they're still working on it. So that's 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 good, at least. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm hoping that this summer we get another look at it. Or our first look at it, rather. <laughs> right, yeah, first look. I'm also praying for uh, that rumored Metroid Prime collection. Yeah. You know, I think I'd be right. just as jazzed about that. Yes. Long rumored. Long time. Yeah, Long definitely. Time. Um, in more uh, video game adaptation news, we've got Walter Goggins is uh, confirmed to star in the Fallout TV series from Jonathan Nolan on Amazon, which is exciting. Uh, I... I'm actually all about this. I'm really excited for this. Um, Walter Goggins is fantastic, and I know it's kind of rude. People, people on Twitter mentioning, you know, if it, if anybody looks like a like a like a Fallout character, it's Walter Goggins. And I've never it's what it's like that meme. I'm so offended by something that I agree with because you know what? That man is beautiful, but also, yeah, I mean, a little bit. <laughs> so I'm excited. Is anybody else like? Is this is this series? Does anybody have any good vibes for this series as well? Like. Jonathan Nolan is huge. I mean, everybody just says he's the brother of Christopher Nolan, but if you look on a lot of the credits, he actually helped out significantly he's, with a lot of Christopher He's Nolan's. the best Nolan writer, Jonathan yes. Nolan. Yes, yes, he is. Um, so, I mean, and and the one thing that nobody has a problem with with any Bethesda games, especially Fallout games, is the lore and the story side of things. So this is going to be a TV show. You know, there's not... I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this. I don't know how... What's a vibe check on, on the Fallout series, everybody? What are we, what are we thinking? quick vibe check for me is i didn't care about this at all until i continued reading saying john from jonathan nolan and lisa joy right you know what i'll give it a shot why not yeah i like jonathan nolan yeah i i don't know anything about walter walton goggins whatever his name is but uh walter goggins whatever his name is i don't know anywho uh i'm i love fallout and the lore so i'm very excited for the series heck yeah yeah i'm i'm right there with you guys sounds good um halo tv series has been confirmed to be a weekly release and master chief will remove his helmet in the series 
not surprising. Um, I pretty much as soon as they, as soon as as soon as it was disclosed that Steve that Steve Downs wasn't doing the voice, I was like, okay, that's because they're gonna have him out of suit because otherwise, you would just get Steve Downs to do the voice. Um, so, not big news to anybody except for Dan and myself. But uh, I wanted to get an opinion from you two. Dan and I have a little bet going. We have a we have a one pick fantasy critic going on where Dan <laughs> thinks that the Halo TV series is going to be good, and I think it's going to be bad. It's my counter pick. Dan gets one pick with... for this league, and I get the counter pick. Oh. Okay. So how? So the question is for you guys: How should we score this? Should it be? What should we do for scoring here? Because I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have something over Dan. I want bragging rights, right? But how do we <laughs> agree to these terms before we settle this bet? So, in other words, he's trying to say is, is uh, how do we frame this so Gage wins so he can have one over on me? <laughs> I, I thought we agreed to critical reception, but, but apparently that's not gonna cut it. So we need to figure out some sort of middle what, ground what is, here. What does critical reception mean, right? Like once yeah. all the episodes have aired and you know IGN has published their TV review for Halo, does that mean critical reception, or is it overall buzz? Uh, from people on Twitter for week to week or after the fact. Well, I, I like to I like to have I like it to be the most objective, so like measurable, sort of you know, uh, quantifiable sort of stats. So I, I was thinking, yeah, reviews like review scores, like Open Critic or something like that, right? Like IMDb or something like that. But I don't know how are we going to do it. Hmm. I would say Rotten Tomatoes does does shows. Uh, IMDb is a good good measure. I'd say if you check a, a few outlets, and most things are you know over like seven seventy, I think that's probably the good range, right? And it's a TV show, so I think there's there's gonna be some like good episodes, some really bad episodes, you know. How you feeling, so, Dan? Do you feel like you feel like the series as a whole, the first season, will score over seventy? No. And if that's the question, then no. But like. Okay. I I feel like some shows that are good like don't do well on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like is a lot more inconsistent in terms of reviews than like video games, like aggregated. Does that make sense? There's there's a bigger difference between critic and audience score. You an audience score, yeah. but right. if any if anything, the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are actually skewed towards the show's benefit because the percentage that yeah. you see on Rotten Tomatoes is the percentage of critics that give it a six or higher. So yeah. if, if every reviewer gave uh, um, Halo TV series a 6 out of 10, it would have 100% on the Rotten Tomatoes, theoretically. Yeah, I just feel like, but there's so many more outlets that do movies and TV stuff. Like That is true. Like, there's infinitely more, I feel like, no pun intended. But uh. but it's it seems <laughs> like we don't need to have a bet because we're both in agreement that it's not going to get more than a 7 out of 10. I'm not going to say it's not going to. I, I I'd probably lean towards not getting over a seven if we had to, you know, make bets. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It, I mean, I don't sure. know. So, so I'm looking at some total total mid shows uh, right now. Like I, I, just, I looked at Marvel stuff just because it, it, you know, it came up and then everything was related was Marvel. Like Hawkeye on IMDb seven point seven. What if, which is like probably like the worst rated Marvel show, seven point five on IMDb. Um, and then Falcon Winter Soldier 7.3. Falcon and the Winter Soldier 7.3. Yeah, these are. Out of I think those are great measures to, to like put Halo up against. Like, what do you think? Do you think Halo is going to be better than those three shows, or or as good? I guess in this situation, I'm guessing. I'm guessing 5.8. So like. <laughs> 
that's the thing. That is low. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that yeah. low. So like 70, like that's 70 is a tricky number because that's like, you know, I think that's going to be right around there. So like if Gage, right. if you want to go down to 60, I'll take you. I'll take that bet. I'm not going to take, I'm not, I'm not suicidal. I'm not going to take a, a, a above or below 60. I will do above or below. I will say below 6.8. 65, meet in the middle. Can't do it. Can't do it. No deal. <laughs> no deal. A, a, no deal. A total garbage show like Iron Fist has a 6.4 on IMDb. Wow. Are you kidding? I think you're safe to, to do this. <laughs> All right, 6.8, deal. Boom. 6.8, all right, I'll take it. It's locked in. And it's a win-win for me because if it's great, then it's a great TV show, but if it's not, then I'm right. I, I don't think it's going to be great. I don't think it's going to be great at all. Um. So that was the longest quick bite in the history of quick bites. So moving on to near, we've got near anime in production. So, uh, Christian, I'm going to let you take this one because I don't, I don't know anime or near. Go ahead. Thank God for Yoko Taro. It's actually happening. Near Automata anime is on the way. Uh, I woke up to the news of this. And here's the thing. I think me and Ro are on the same page here. I love when, when like games get an adaptation that's outside the normal movie or TV adaptation. Right. Stuff like anime. When that, I'm telling you, when that Splinter Cell like intro, when Sam Fisher was going to be introduced into Rainbow Six and it was introduced as an anime, I thought it was a, rain, a Splinter Cell anime. And I thought, like, yes, I'm all in for this because this is a very interesting media. It's awesome. When Star Wars had its Visions show and it was an anime, it's fantastic. Blade Runner, anime, great. Um, there, a new anime is coming out. Now, now Nier gets its time to shine. I am, I am super jazzed about this. Ro, how about you? Oh, yes. Very excited. Uh, Auto- I think, yeah, Near Automata is the only one that I've actually played out of the series. But, uh, yeah, super excited. And this is what we were talking about last week with hoping that more games get an animated adaptation instead of the live-action one. Um, and anime, even better. Heck yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited for, oh. for that. Yeah, it's the perfect, uh, perfect medium for this game in particular as well. Not that I would mind if they cast a live-action 2B. I would love to mm-hmm. see that. I would love to see that. Oh, you but, <laughs> but this is awesome. This is so really cool. So I'm excited for this. So Ro- it's probably going to be a long time until we get this, but very excited sure. that it's in production. Good, Christian. Can I just, can I simp for a second? 2B, I know she's a robot. And the whole thing is <laughs> like humanity, right? But like 2B's got to be like the sexiest robot I've ever seen in my goddamn life. So Ro. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> what are you going to will into existence for next week? Because you willed this into existence last week when you said more animated stuff. Oh, like, what's what's next now? I want to girlfriends for us. Yes, you know what? That's more important. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> oh man, I was going to say I want to manifest a 2D HD re- remake of a uh, of a Pokemon game. I would mm. love that. I love that. Give us, like give that. me an Octopath Traveler style Pokemon game. Yeah. Interesting. Or, or a girlfriend. Whichever you rather. <laughs> Either Whichever. or. A little column A, little Either or is fine. <laughs> um, moving on, the teaser trailer for... So the countdown, the mysterious Cap, uh, Capcom countdown uh, finally came and went, and it was for Street Fighter. So I believe, Dan, you called that. You guessed that, that it was Street Fighter. I was thinking Resident Evil. It is not Resident Evil. It is Street Fighter Six. It was revealed, and its logo is um, ripped right from an Adobe stock image, which is hilarious because, I mean... A lot of these things with games, you know, maybe stealing features or, or or modes that are being there's a lot of like gray area. This is this is uh, this is this is tough to uh, defend. This is really tough to defend. It looks exactly like it. 
Um, have you guys have you guys all seen this? Yeah. 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 I I. I yeah, I saw it. I, I just I just assumed that it would be like a placeholder sort of thing, right? And that they would change it by the time they're ready in the summer to show off more or release or something because that is just such a departure from the logo, <laughs> which is not right. something weird. They, I mean, uh, games do that from time to time to just jazz it up, but it's just such the Street Fighter logo is so dynamic and bold to change it to something so minimalistic like that is is weird. It's a weird choice, but um. Yeah, hope, hopefully they change it back or at least do something different because, like you said, it's clearly taken from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I'm glad that this was the announcement, Street Fighter Six. But um, I, I think the general consensus online is that an announcement for an announcement is never fun. This right. is uh, we're getting okay. Right. It's like, yeah. thanks for telling us this. Now we have to wait until the summer to see more, and uh, and that's what they, that's what we want. We want to see more. So right. Yeah. It's funny right. seeing this logo compared to its previous one through five and just how uninspired this one looks. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I going to read too much into the logo? Probably not. Like, did, did they pay for this Adobe like font? Hopefully. You know, you don't want them just ripping the font for free. Although I love free font. Like, I, that's how I, li- I live my, my <laughs> video editing. I'm not going to lie to you. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting choice for a font. I, I, I don't know. Don't know how I feel about it. Don't know how to feel about uh, all that jock in the trailer as well <laughs> interesting yeah. that was another thing that was going around a lot <laughs> yeah. somebody str- somebody actually stretched that image and was like this is how it's supposed to look because he's like super wide like it's just like it doesn't look like a normal person <laughs> <laughs> right um okay moving on to mario strikers uh so then the next mario strikers game it's been a while is being developed by Next Level Games, the same studio that behind the original game on GameCube. Now, this is exciting, uh, you know, on initial reading, but what are the chances that it's the same people there? Very slim, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's exciting for I mean for branding purposes, uh, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the legacy of the design um, ideas that they have and the fl- design game de- game design philosophy that that studio has has uh, survived those years, in which case we could be getting a game that lives up to the hype of the original Mario Strikers, which is one of the best GameCube games you can get, in my opinion. I love that game. I'm looking at the lineage of games that uh, Next Level Games have developed, and uh, I mean, Transformers in there, right? Cybertron Adventures, which is I think was a, was a cool game. Maybe I'm confusing that with War for Cybertron, actually, so I might take that back. <laughs> Ghost Recon. Meh. Which one? <laughs> Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon? Oh, the first, the original one. Interesting. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon on 3DS. Yeah, they did three too, I think. Right. Oh, and three as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. The original um, Ghost Recon game was fantastic. Actually, I'm surprised that they did that. Yeah, I'm just excited. I'm glad that they got it because now what I was hoping for when they announced it uh, with Daisy screaming "Next Level Games" before the game starts off can't happen. Which, yes. which I, which I yeah. linked in the chat there for you guys to get a little smile because if it doesn't bring a smile to your face, you're not alive. Not alive. Hell yeah! <laughs> so they made Ghost Recon on the Wii gauge, just so, just so oh. you calm your hopes yeah. a little bit. Never mind. Yeah, but Bro, no, I, yes, it's no, still great that it's the original developer of. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. It is. Yes, you love to see it. Um, now in the next quick bite. 
uh, news that's going to make me go, oh, is Bethesda is retiring its PC game launcher, boys. <laughs> we did it. Phil? Do EA next. Please. Phil? You're, God what's wrong you, with Phil. Origin? Origin is awful. What do awful. you mean what's wrong with Origin? I don't care. Whatever. It's, it's like running <laughs> it's like running Chrome three times on your computer, except it's just one EA launcher. I just learned Chrome is bad for your like PC, by the way. Like yeah. when you're streaming. What? So like EA PC. Origin is just as bad. It's it's a it's a resource hog. Um and it never works wow. right. It's just yes. That, I got that. signed out of EA. Uh, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> click I want you to do me a favor, Christian. I want you to click keep me signed in and watch you get signed out tomorrow. It will absolutely happen. It will I absolutely promise. happen. <laughs> Anyways, so hey, Bethesda to the next PXN and find out. Bethesda <laughs> is is retiring its PC game launcher and moving everything to Steam in May. This is fantastic news. I had a feeling this was gonna happen with the Xbox acquisitions. It's happening sooner than I anticipated, which is really exciting. Um, which means that there is hope that when the acquisition for uh, Activision Blizzard is uh, is passed and is finalized, that we can get rid of Battle.net as well and have everything on either the Xbox Game Launcher or Steam. Uh, but Phil, while you're while you're ahead, all right, we need to fix the Xbox PC app. All right, it's we need to we need to get that up. We need to improve that. But very exciting. One less uh, account to have on PC for all the PC players out there. Which, Big that's true. I have, I have too many game launchers on, on my Way PC. too many. Way too I've many. That's kind of annoying. Which they had uh, improvements for the um, Xbox game app, but, but maybe that was only for Windows 11. I can't remember uh, if that was... I think so, uh, yeah. But even even still, it's got a long way to go. I mean, like Steam is the gold standard. Steam is is absolutely perfect as a storefront. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much information available to you at all times. You know exactly where your files are. Everything's moddable. Everything's customizable. So we want to get Xbox up there, especially if they're doing the whole Windows Xbox they sort are, of merger, which we will get there. We they, will get there. They're they're doing sure. work, Gage. They're doing work. They did the right. what recently they added where you can uh, view where your files are now, right? Um, yes. On Xbox launchers, you can now see oh, where your nice. files are. Yes. Yeah. yeah, always appreciate that. Um. Moving on, Guerrilla Games has released its first post-launch patch for Horizon Forbidden West, a game that I can't play, and it helps fix gameplay, graphics, and quest bugs, which is exciting for people like Dan who have the ability to play this game. Spoiler alert. Why yeah. can't you play it? Because I don't have a PS5. It's on PS4. You don't have a PS4. I have an unopened Last of Us Part Two PS4 Pro, so I don't know if I want to open that. Guy, yeah, man. That sounds like a great console to play it on. I can't. I don't know if I can do 30 frames anymore, man. I don't know if I can do it. I think and also, PS4 Pro, Pro can do 60, can't Yeah, the, I think the Pro has a 60 FPS. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and look that up after the show, and then maybe I'll play it. But <laughs> also kind of want to keep it in the box for the collector's edition part of it. But anyways. Um, hey, hold on. I've closed EA. Now I'm trying to open up Origin, and it says Origin is unable to launch while EA app is running. But I'm not rerunning uh, running EA app. I, I, I open my task manager, and it's and it's not. Yeah, yeah. but EA <laughs> thinks you are, so you are. Okay, I'm on board. Origin kind of sucks now. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, just... EA has not been acquired by anybody, so it's not going anywhere. <laughs> by the way, both me and Christian lied to you. It is at a capped 30 FPS even I, on PS4 I Pro. Uh, Sorry. I had a feeling. I, I just wanted to say the 
that horizon is gorgeous. Like I, I said that last week when we talked about it a little bit, but like the facial animations are just a huge step up from they are from the last one. Like just the NPCs look like they were like they're given the same amount of care as Aloy or any other main characters. Like yeah. this is so cool. Right. For main quests, I have some issues yeah. with side quests. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and the final quick bit, quick bite, quick bit, quick bite, quick bite. The final quick bite today, ladies and gentlemen. Is Christian's 62nd Uncharted oh, movie review? And bum, bum, I'm going to open up my timer right now. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and if you go if you go a second over spoiler 60 free. seconds. Spoiler free. Is it spoiler free? Yeah, spoiler free, because I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have not. Okay. We have not seen okay. it. So give me uno, uno momento. Yeah. Alright. We are starting. I can't see. It's fine. Trust me. It's now. Uncharted is a bad movie that I really enjoyed going to the theaters for. Uh, Nathan, Nathan, Tom Holland is Nathan Drake. That is not Nathan Drake. That's just Tom Holland being Tom Holland. Uh, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. That's just Mark Wahlberg being Mark Wahlberg. In no way are these characters Nate and Sully. And yet, this was a great action movie. The action pieces were fantastic. Uh, I would very much enjoy seeing a sequel. It's, it's Sony said it's a success, so like, why not? Sure. All the callbacks to the video games. You know what? Not that great. Just <laughs> oh, no. very shallow. Am I 60, 60 seconds? Are you laughing? You're at 25 seconds. Bad movie. Uh, good time. I'm just going to call it here. Okay. You got, got, you, got 19, you have a 19 second. Um, that's oh. going to get added on to the next 60 second interview. So. Okay. Um, yeah. So that your review is pretty much exactly what I expected. I, I had a feeling that Tom Holland was bought. This movie was probably written around. Can we get Tom Holland to be Nathan Drake? Oh, let's make him younger because we need Tom Holland as opposed to let's find the best Nathan okay. Drake, which is what I figured. I, I, need, I need Tom Holland to not be the action blockbuster star anymore. I it's need too him to much. Do, like, more interesting roles. Sorry, but he's, tr- but he's tried that and they've all gotten really bad reviews. Yeah, Cherry was not good. I turned it off. Wasn't yeah. Mark Wahlberg originally cast as Nathan Drake in this too and then they changed their yes. mind? Yeah, it's like <laughs> they didn't know <laughs> what they wanted for the movie. But Um... All right, moving oh. on to nothing. We're moving on to Christian. What would you like to say, Christian? I, I just I remember what I wanted to say. Just very weird depictions of these characters. Like Drake sucks in this. Like he's an asshole. You could argue maybe he was an asshole in in the fir- in the games, but like he's a likable asshole. In this, he's just kind of mean for no reason, oh. and like he isn't really morally good until like in the end. I don't know. Weird. That's mm-hmm. it. I didn't no have more uncharted discourse. Um, moving on to. A segment I am bringing back, Street Meat, sponsored by Man Meat. Use code PODCASTPXN to get 10% off your first <laughs> meat order of man. That's not um, true at all. So um, we got two juicy rumors today. According to Industry Insider at Special Nick, actually, sorry, it's Special Nick uh, on Twitter, who has leaked uh, things correctly before in the past, PlayStation is planning a significant showcase in March. Um, other industry insiders have heard similar things. Tom Henderson has commented on this. Um, but apparently this is going to be a big one. This is going to be, uh, the, uh, God of War, Last of Us news, the big one. So it's very exciting to think about. Um, PlayStation has been doing a lot of state of plays, but they've been doing a lot of focused ones on specific games and, and smaller indie titles and stuff like that. It's been a while since we've gotten a huge update. And a lot of people have pointed out that after God of War Ragnarok and uh, I think Spider-Man 2 is the only... Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine are the only 
first party exclusives that they have talked about uh, for 2023 and beyond. So there's a lot of empty space there that people want to know about. So this could be the game where we get a lot of teases on maybe what Haven's working on, uh, what a lot of these new studios that they founded are working on. So do you guys, whether or not it happens, are you are you excited for a possible showcase, a uh, big PlayStation showcase this early in the year? Do you think it's a good idea that they maybe come out ahead of everybody uh, before the summer games event starts? What are you guys thinking about this? See, your, your wording just now is, is what interests me because uh, everything in this rumor here on the Reddit um, is calling it a state of play as a Sony ponies. <laughs> already used that word. Uh, those PS fans know very well. Uh, the big ones usually aren't state of plays. It's right. the PS showcases and they save those for... I don't remember a huge ones uh, usually in the, that springtime area. Usually it's, no. it's summer and in, and in the fall. Um, so I would temper expectations there for stuff like Last of Us specifically. For sure. God of War seems likely with that game supposedly coming out this year. Uh, I still think it's coming later next year. Sorry, Dan's um, uh, what your fantasy open critic. But yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't. I don't. I okay. If this it's if if this rumor is true, if this guy's leaks right. are usually true. I don't doubt that like a a, a sizable state of play is coming because we haven't heard a lot from PlayStation like through their own channel. So yeah, I, I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. I w- I would just temper expectations for sure. Being huge. And the and just to remind everyone, the point of street meet is just to uh, sort of speculate and and have fun with it. So absolutely, do not didn't, nobody listening should take this as as this is actually happening. This is just a segment for discussing rumors and sort of yeah. getting getting excited. I like it. Over that. So if we so the reason I think that this might be you know something worth uh, considering is that it might be an interesting strategy to come out before everybody else in March to maybe drop a bunch of teasers or show off some gameplay for certain for certain games. Sorry, Dan's editing the document, and he shouldn't be because he's not the host. You have no privileges here. Um, to come out at March and, and drop some info on games and then to come back in the summer and give more in, like release dates and, and concrete info, they get to kind of double dip in terms of their time in the, in the spotlight. So I think it could be interesting. Uh, Rashan, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I would like that too. Uh, that would be the ideal situation if they'd like give us some a nice state of play or or showcase where they're talking about a few upcoming games and then in the summer they elaborate on that a little bit. Right. I don't see that happening. I hope that happens. That'd be great. Uh, God of War was the game that I was thinking of too, Christian. That I could possibly see them talking about. Uh, that's the only big game that they've talked that they have announced that I could think of that they could bring up at this time, but. Uh, like there's PSVR two as well. I yeah, mean, right. they recently uh, unveiled the the headset. I think so. Maybe they can go a little bit in more depth in the state of play on on that. I think that would be cool. More likely, maybe yep. even. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at on it. I, I hope it happens. I hope it's big, but I think it's probably going to be a little bit more focused on a single game or PSVR. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. <clears throat> I think it's more likely to see like PSVR like as like a whole showcase for that because like typically when they've showed PSVR games in the past, they don't show like you know traditional games alongside their PSVR stuff. Typ- typically, they'll show mm-hmm. their PSVR stuff in one showcase and then their other stuff in another one. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe God of War, um, but yeah, I- I'm tending to think more PSVR like Ro. Fair enough. It's we will. 
Go ahead. It, it's going to be hilarious when Dan gets hope when they say, yes, it is coming December. God of War. <laughs> and then it gets year. delayed. Market calendars. And then it gets delayed. Yeah. And it gets it gets one of those. It gets one of those like three week delays too, where it's not even a big one, but it just just pushes it outside. <laughs> January yeah, Jan- 1st. Yeah, exactly. Right. January 4th. Something like that. Uh, and the second piece of street meat for today is a Bloomberg article states that a Call of Duty title co-developed by Treyarch will, will release in 2023 to fill the gap of the mainline series. Um, Wait, so I've connected this with... What gap? We haven't heard about this gap yet. We haven't heard about the gap yet. Uh, that kind of throws oh, things the, the store? No. We can stick this to Todd's. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, true. All right. All right, so we're gonna okay, we're gonna skip this. Uh, we're gonna move on to uh, the news items of the day, which is that Call of Duty, <laughs> Call of Duty twenty twenty three has been delayed. Spoiler alert: um, <laughs> Call of Duty twenty twenty three has reportedly, we should say, reportedly been delayed to twenty twenty four, which would make it the first time that Call that Activision has missed an annual COD release since two thousand and five. We started with Call of Duty three, I believe. So every it, it, a huge shakeup, and I think it would be silly to say that the timing is anything other than coincidental with the yes. Xbox acquisition, right? So never mind. Um, so this is, uh, I mean, to some people, maybe to some diehard COD fans, Dan, you can't, you gotta just let this roll. You're, this is making it worse. All right. You gotta what? just let this. You just gotta let the this ship. It's it's <laughs> heading towards the iceberg, and there's nothing you can do. So just sit down, grab a drink, and enjoy the ride, Dan. All right. So <laughs> Call of Duty. Um, yeah, it's delayed. Uh, how do we feel about this? Uh, I personally, for me, I'm excited. I, I this is good. This is a sign of quality, and a lot of these games, especially the big substantial upgrades like uh modern warfare 2019 which have a new engine new gameplay features like that game did not it it was not near the end of its life by the time activision decided it was near the end of its life that game could have easily gotten another year support so yes this is exciting for me uh christian it seems like you agree first of all let's bring back uh dlc maps Remember that? Remember, yes. remember the DLC maps from COD Four? That was great. Actually, I, I think Modern Warfare 2019 had had maps later that were just like given up for free. I for think? free, yes, which is good. Yeah, There's so, a split the player I, base, yeah, right? Which is, I I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, the, my, the first thing I thought of um, that I'm kind of curious about is I want to know what the Bloomberg Bloomberg source was, like what that timing was, because earlier in the week or even that day, there was tons of news items about um, Bobby Kotick's like payouts. Um, there was tons of articles about. Um, Union busting, uh, and then more specifically, uh, the the slideshow that that um, the Activision lawyers were showing about like what unions supposedly do um, at work sites, and that unions like exploit lazy workers and, and the like. And so that was like kind of what the discourse was around Activision. And then you know this this big news item dropped about Call- Activision and, and Call of Duty had, skipping a year. And suddenly the conversation changed. You know you see tons of articles on YouTube now. Like have, this is like the main the main. Um, uh, discussion of uh, on the Activision front, which is understandably so, right? It's Call of Duty; it's huge. So that's the, like my one like question, right, for the source. Otherwise, I think this is a great move, um, especially if uh, this new Call of Duty is going to have Warzone Two, right? Are they or is that skipping until later? I don't even know anymore. 
that so that allegedly is launching uh, in 2022. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this year with the new Modern Warfare 2, which I think it's actually just called Modern Warfare yeah. 2. I, I um, think ha having like fatigue, COD fatigue, you know, people like just not very excited about the, the most recent Treyarch release, the most recent like Sledgehammer release, which didn't see like kind of came and went. Like the, the biggest one of recent memory has been Modern Warfare 2019. And you're right, like that, that game definitely had more shelf life on it. And the player base is, is, is still kind of there for the most part. And if not, they're on Warzone. But yeah, I think if, if this has the juice, it can have a, a great life. And it just gives teams like... The, not the right, the freedom to have more development time to to make right. more quality products and not push to have this constant like three year cycle. This is great for like everyone, I think. Yeah, I I agree, Christian. Like, and the other thing is, is like Treyarch worked their asses off to get uh, Black Ops uh, out the door. Black Ops Cold War, right, was yes. the last one. Yeah, and because they were on an accelerated timeline, because uh, I guess Sledgehammer wasn't ready that year, so or you know things happened or whatnot, and they had to go, and so like they had to make their game in two years. So now they're they're given four years, which is which is much better. Um, so yeah, the, I'm I'm excited to see what Treyarch does with four years of development time, especially since they've kind of risen as like that a team for the call of duty. Um, you know, in terms of all the call of duty teams personally, for sure. I, um, I don't know anymore if they're the a team, like people maybe. did not like cold war and they did not like the gameplay. They didn't like the campaign at all. Well, here's the thing with cold war. And this is, and, and this is why this acquisition is so huge to me is that we think about all the time when developers are forced to put out a game that's not ready like, uh, you know, sure. be it Cyberpunk or be it, um, we don't know about Halo Infinite, but like, there's there's lots of games that come out and we all, and everybody kind of unanimously says like, ah, this needed more time. They have an EA Battlefront, uh, Battle. Battlefield 2042. How often do we hear about higher ups coming into a studio and say, hey, you need to release your game a year early. That is crazy that that happened. That's the mm -hmm. type of management yeah. that was going on at Activision Blizzard. Tri Call of Duty Cold War was supposed to release a year later, and yeah. they came in and said, you're releasing it now because we don't like what Sledgehammer's doing. And then Sledgehammer restarted on Vanguard, so we don't even actually know how much development time that got, maybe even less than a year, which is why nobody's liking it right now. So that's crazy. That's uh, People forget about that. That's that's insane in terms of the industry. Like, that's not right. That's, that's you know, I, I, that's ridiculous. So this is this is awesome to me, and I think that this is a sign, yeah, of... Of uh, the influence of, of Phil Spencer and maybe him speaking to Bobby Kotick and saying, because obviously he, the acquisition has not gone through yet, but there's a lot of moving pieces and there's probably lots of communication between the two and setting things up for when he takes over. So I don't think the timing is coincidental at all that they're getting acquired by Xbox and now suddenly, after 18 years, I think it is, um, they're finally skipping a year. So Uncle this is exciting. Uncle Phil coming in, uh, coming in for the W. Rashan, are you a big COD guy? Does this does this mean anything for you? Um, I want to save some of my thoughts for the topic of the show, but I right. think this is a, I think this is really uh, a good move. Like I could only imagine that this is going to end up with a better product for everybody, giving the developers more time, as Christian said. Um, I think Ubisoft did did something similar with Assassin's Creed, and that really benefited uh, the final mm. outcome. And I think it kind of steered the series and in a better direction than it was going in. So hopefully they could do something like that for, for COD. As someone who doesn't play it a lot, I don't know if it's already in that quote-unquote direction. It's already good, maybe. But I could, right. I could only imagine that they, a, a year spent fine-tuning what makes Call of Duty good and getting that extra time 
it's only going to be good when it, it does release a, a year later. Just, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great move. I talk more about Call of Duty later, but <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a good idea. Well, awesome. Well, one more thing I just thought of, cause I, I tweeted about this, like there's no way that Activision does this on their own any other year. Like right. literally yeah. they've never done this ever. Yeah. And Activision loves money. They would never do this. Like this had to have been something like Phil saying like, Hey, we're preparing for the acquisition next year. We'd like to get ahead of this and say, like, we're pushing that game out, give them more time. Like, there has to be some kind of behind right. the, behind closed doors thing going on there. Because this game is scheduled for release. Uh, this game will come out after the acquisition has gone through. So that's why right. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Dan. I think there is some sort of, while he's not in charge yet, there is some sort of transfer of responsibility where he's saying, this product that you guys have scheduled for release by the time i'm in charge i'd like for you to delay that or to do something with it and because by the time that rolls around it's the financial bobby Kotick doesn't benefit from the finances of those games right so i agree with you dan i think that that's exactly what happened um this makes on... me so much more excited for mw2 that's my last yes. thing yes absolutely um and that, uh, yeah, that's the thing about call. We'll, we'll get into it for the top of the show. Um, second, uh, second news story for the day. PSVR 2 headset design has been fully revealed. We've seen the headset and we now we see the, uh, the handsets as well. Um, focus being on comfort. And um, there's also a feature that they um, showed off, which is actually kind of huge for somebody who has a VR headset. It's got a little, it's got a little air vent to get the steam out of your goggles, which is yeah, fantastic. So Dan, I know you're not a fan of two tone. I'm a I'm a huge fan of two tone. This this thing looks sexy. It looks sexually attractive to me, Dan. My God. So <laughs> how what are you feeling about this? What are you feeling about this headset? How, do, how does it make you feel, Dan? I, I, ugh. I it's the same as the console design. I don't like. I, I like it either all white or all black. I don't like the mixture of the two. It doesn't look right. Get over it, Dan. You're gonna put the headset on. You're not gonna be seeing yourself. No, exactly, I, pro- I probably won't put it on because it'll probably be like five hundred dollars, and I'll be like, nah. I got my. Oh, quest. you wish it's five hundred. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 a oh, great no. point. It's a great point. Um, but no, there's lots of there's lots of things to look forward to. They've got uh, 4K HDR, which is really exciting to see in a in a headset. Um, enhanced tracking, one one cable similar to the Oculus, which is fantastic. Uh, well, t- um, uh, the um, if you decide to hook it up to a uh, to, to a computer, PC. That is, to a PC, yeah. yes. Um, so lots of good stuff here, and again, we st- we still don't know. Uh, I think the rumor, or maybe they've said it's launching holiday twenty twenty two, or that's the rumor. Um, but we don't know prices. We don't know release date yet. Um, how are we? How are we all feeling about this headset? Um, is anyone planning on getting one? Assuming we all have the console and can get one, and what do we think about pricing? Christian, you're up first. Okay, so as an early, sorry, as an adopter of the original PSVR, I hated all the cables that setup drove me insane just staring at it like would give me anxiety because i like having kind of a, a tidier area right. uh, my cable organization isn't the isn't the greatest but I, I i try right so seeing that thing and just having to unfold all the cables to play was a nightmare right i'm i'm glad it's just the one cable we we knew this right right but this discourse came around on twitter again because people are like are like just don't want it because of now the quest being like the most uh, uh, ex- approachable um a vr headset in terms of barriers to entry you just buy the thing and it works you your store's there you don't need a cable just play wherever right um 
I'm kind of, I kind of fall into the camp that I like the cable because I want this thing to take advantage of the PS5 hardware. Yes. The only issue with that is that then you start to introduce barriers of entry, right? You need a PS5. Um, I think if Sony really wants to build a VR ecosystem, and I kind of tweeted about this earlier in the week, I think having a cable optional would have probably been the better move because you mm. want to people to, to invest in your ecosystem, right? You don't right. want to have a, a, to buy a, a console that you can't find in stores right now. Mm. So, like, I'm I'm very kind of scared to see what that's gonna what that's gonna turn out to be. But people are passionate. People like VR, and if it seems like Sony's passionate about it too, so right. and it seems like they're also getting behind uh, having some powerhouse developers make some cool VR games, right? We already saw like called Call of Duty Horizon, um, Call of the Wild, I think it was was called, right? So if they can nail like the software side, I think people will follow and, and kind of invest into the VR ecosystem. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah. The, the big worry is is going to be price point because this is a, right. a, a beefy thing, not quite as uh, as beefy as the the Vive, but pretty close. So, and that's the thing is, it seems like Sony is doubling down on making a premium powerhouse um, uh, VR experience. Right? You have very few companies. I really think it's just Meta, Facebook, that that has. Um, options for the premium experience and the and the entry level experience with the quest and i said oculus yeah. earlier i did mean quest quest hooking up to your pc um but yeah so quest is obviously a standalone headset then you have the rift which is your premium headset valve which... only makes uh, uh expensive headsets htc only makes expensive headsets and it seems like sony is kind of instead of doing that sort of two-pronged attack they're doubling down on we are making a powerhouse vr that's going to be premium requires a ps4 requires the the hardware of that i i said the vibe i meant the index thank you gage okay we no, none of us know what any of these things are called anymore they're <laughs> ridiculous um rishan how are you feeling about playstation vr2 did you get playstation vr1 um assuming you have a ps5 are you looking to get vr2 what do you think the price is gonna be <laughs> i did not get the first playstation uh vr that was something that we talked about like way 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 back Right. Um, before the PS5, that was something that I wanted to get, but I just never uh, had the opportunity to purchase it. Um, definitely interested in VR as a concept, and I, I would love to interact with that um, ecosystem. But like Christian said, having to get a PS5, and and on top of that, the P, the PSVR, it's going to be really expensive, and yeah. that's crazy. Um, the Oculus, and it would be such a game changer. When Christian mentioned that, like that just blew my mind. Like, why don't they do that as having uh, it a separate thing? Like, if you don't have a PS5, but you still want to play PSVR games, then just go get the headset. But the fact that you need the cable and all that kind of stuff, then it kind of re- removes that uh, that possibility. But that yeah, would be it's awesome. It's probably not that easy to develop it that way either. So. That's true. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. But it would, it would be so huge if they were able to do something like that. And they would be able to compete with people like Oculus if they were able to separate those two um, system from, from VR. But um, yeah... As someone who is interested in it, I just never had the means to interact with it because of the price point. But when I get a PS5, um, this is definitely something that I'm interested in uh, partaking in when I have the means to partake in it. So, right. yeah, definitely interested in it. I love the stuff that they're making. I'm glad that they're doubling down on it, like Christian said, with getting some more uh, first-party developers involved. They didn't have that much uh, first-party stuff with the previous ones. So that that gives me a little bit more faith in, in what they're doing with the, the sequel, PSVR. Daniel the yeah. manual. 
Uh, yeah, just real quickly. So Facebook is actually focusing on just one product now because they discontinued the uh, the other line. What's the it Rift, called? Right? The Rift, yeah. So like mm-hmm. they have doubled down on the Quest and plugging it in as an option, but it, right. obviously it does make it more complicated. But I feel like there is something else that PlayStation could do uh, to your guys' points, like Christian, you said as well, I think that they need to do something else to like broaden this to lower the barrier barrier of entry. And one way they could do that, in my opinion, is allow it to plug into a PC and give people another hmm. option on PC. Oh, because right. obviously, like the the PSVR two is actually superior to the Quest, I think, and the um, the uh, uh, Vive or whatever it's called, the Index. Right. Uh, yeah. In some regards, obviously not the, the index, but the vibe. Yes, yes, vibe. Maybe, yeah. I'm I'm confusing them. <laughs> They're all the same, Christian. I don't know. Sure, but uh, no, yeah. I, I think that would be great if they gave that as an option and then released their VR games on PC as well, because then you're broadening your audience to another platform and you're lowering your yeah. barrier to entry if they already have a PC. So, yeah, right. And 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 that's the and that's the struggle with um, obviously. So it, it blows the quest out of the water, but the problem is, is that this PSVR two headset, as it currently exists, could not be a standalone headset because the battery would die right. in like thirty seconds. Right? You've got this HDR four K, yeah. super wide field of view. The only reason that the Oculus can run on its own is that its right. specs are way, way toned down. Right? So it's you've pretty much got like a beefed up smartphone inside of a Quest, and that's what's running all your games, and it's running all the games on low settings, predetermined, all that stuff. So um i yeah i actually didn't think about that dan but that's that would be huge if they did allow that and i mean it's a single um usb type c connection so theoretically it is possible it just depends on how much of their proprietary sort of software or firmware is in that right whether or not it can transfer over um but that i didn't even think about that that's an yeah that's an excellent idea because then you could have a really high quality and like you said, you're you're casting a wider net because if somebody doesn't like myself doesn't have a PS5, you know, now instead of having to spend a total of twelve hundred dollars to get both, I could just buy this headset. So Sony's getting my money that they wouldn't get otherwise. Right. And you know, I use it as a premium PC headset. So um, that's a great idea, actually. That's a really really good idea. By the way, I, I just want to say it's. I thought it was funny, Christian, your comment about uh, the cables getting crazy with the original VR because uh, Sean and I had that exact conversation on the podcast like a long time ago. And he was like, yeah, these cables are awful. And I'm like, uh, try looking at my uh, my connect that's plugged into my Xbox One X because it had that adapter that had like 12 cables out of it. I'm like, this is stupid. Why do I even have the connect plugged in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also just totally thought about this as well. Uh, the rumor is that Oculus is releasing the Quest Three sometime later this year. So, wow. like the other con- the concern there is going to be, you know, who is who is the actual target audience, right, for for Sony's VR? And I think it's probably not people who aren't interested in VR or who just like don't have Playstations, like the general VR consumer, if that's a thing. I think it's just you know the adopters who are already in the PlayStation ecosystem, and I think VR One kind of proved that. If they believe in the product, your their fans will reciprocate and and kind of vote with their wallets and be like, yes, you know, if you're gonna try to make cool games, we'll we'll support you because we we like playing on your system X Y Z. Um, so yeah, like I said before, if if they're gonna show that same enthusiasm for VR too, then I think they're they'll be in good hands because you know VR one sold 
met and I think surpassed Sony's expectations, so I think they're going to be all right for VR too. You know what? Shout out to to Sony too as well because they it does seem that they are focused on making a premium product. They totally could make a cheaper cheaper unit that yeah. just gets the job done to get more sales, but they are they are making a very strange decision to yeah, just target the hardcore VR audience and it's yeah, the PSVR 1 was a surprise, but the fact that they're coming out with this PSVR 2 and it's better than most PC VR headsets on the market is is really uh it's applaudable. It's it's, you know. One more concern, I'm sorry. Um, the big one that we don't know is whether or not it's going to be backwards compatible just because mm. the, the two VR systems operate differently. I'm praying it is, and they, or that they at least figure out a way because they've been you know, throwing in the rare VR game on PS Plus, and I always just grab everything. So if you, know, you didn't get VR 1 um, and you do have a PS5 and you're interested in VR gaming and you go out and get a VR 2, then you'll already have a bunch of VR games that you maybe have picked up already, which, you know, could be could be cool. You know, you have a bunch of games to, to already play with. You don't need to buy a game necessarily. They've got it, right? They gotta do that. For software, oh, I yeah. feel like Fingers crossed, man. I yeah. feel like they I, I feel so. like they should, yeah. Um it's the PS4 stuff, two right? different kinds of tracking. Oh that's oh, true. Okay. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. Um <laughs> that maybe maybe they maybe they meet in the middle and they say it's a developer's choice. Like if you guys wanna, you know, put a patch out and, and make it available to the for the ps5 then you can if not you know um, i'd be okay with that yeah yeah if they leave it up to the developers that could be what happens uh the final VR news gaming rocks that's the last thing i'll say if you are gaming it is, is it's is fantastic cool, cool. half-life alex is is uh, next level um and our final piece of news for the day elden ring review roundup uh oh boy <laughs> so this game i am surprised and i am this might be the first from software that I have to uh, from software game that I have to play because the game is not only receiving universal uh, critical acclaim, but many places and many journalists are calling it one of the greatest games ever made. And um, the general consensus seems to be that everything, every from software game has been leading up to this, which is the perfection of their formula. Um, mm. People are very excited about it. Um, it's got a lot of accessible features in it, but apparently the difficulty, it's still just as difficult. It's still just as punishing. It's everything you want mm. from from a from <laughs> software game. Everyone's loving it. I'm excited about it, and I had no interest in this game before it came out. Um, Christian, have you played it? What are you feeling? I want to hear I played it? No. God, I wish. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I would like to do this for review, because uh, I want to start with uh, review embargo uh, was released today, and uh, codes were sent out one week in advance, which is right. kind of insane with how many how much hours it takes to to dive into a Souls game, let alone an open world Souls game. Souls game. Uh, I forget the uh, the lad's name from IGN who reviewed it. Who granted, he wanted to do this, spent eighty seven hours to complete every like what he wanted to do in order. Uh, that's just not even on top of like the work he did for the reviews. Eighty seven hours of playing. Wow. which is absolutely insane and like there's a should be a conversation about um work culture in terms of reviewers not just like developer crunch like this is a different kind of crunch that exists right. in, in the industry which should be looked at uh otherwise long have we all shouldered this burden of anticipation bear it for but a moment more tarnished elden ring releases in two days and oh god it pains me to say that i'm i'm putting it on on the back shelf for a little bit because i'm playing horizon and i I, I don't want to wait because Elden Ring looks fantastic. Gage, to answer your... You've never played a Souls game? Never. Pick this one up. Pick this one I up. Think I, will. I think I will. 
I, I, I think from what I've gathered, right, it seems like this is the most approachable because, like, the the big moment of contention here is that, like, whenever you got stuck in other Souls games, you're kind of at a loss here because you can maybe Demon Souls stuck, you can go to other areas. Yeah, yeah, you you get stuck in areas and like you can't really do anything about that. You just kind of have to, you know, I don't want to say get good, but like uh, learn, adapt, and and kind of overcome these challenges. And it seems like Elden Ring because of its design philosophy that it is an open world game, you can just F off and go somewhere else right. and explore other parts, right? And so I think that idea really excites me for how much is going to be actually in there in terms of like exploration and, and just figuring things out, but also that, that soul's DNA of like difficult combat. I think it's going to be like one of my favorite games like ever, period. Right. Wow. Dan, vibe check. How you feel about Elden Ring? Uh, it's a from software game so <laughs> I, I don't know i i, I honestly a hundred percent i'm gonna listen to what christian says because christian knows but from everything we've talked about on this podcast christian knows what i can and can't take and i'm curious to see like after he plays like you know is this gonna be something that i'm gonna like lose my mind over because that's my only like that's the only thing that stopped me from playing from soft games is the difficulty aspect like i just I just get so freaking like I don't know red in so the eyes and like right that's that's the tricky part that you're gonna have to look into it because I've been looking into this a lot I've been reading a lot of different reviewers um just people that I follow that have really access to the game and it it's it's sort of in this weird gray spot where like Christian was saying there's there's some the fact that the game is open world lends itself to be easier in some ways but the actual combat difficulty is still a from software game it's still just as punishing you can run away from the fights but when you have to fight it's still going to be difficult that's kind of what i've been gathering from what a lot of people have been saying so take that as you will i I have no problem with difficult games i just haven't it's it's really the setting and the time period that doesn't really do it for me i'm not a huge medieval fantasy guy and every f- from software has kind of been that. I I have thought about picking up Sekiro actually. The next time Bloodborne on... isn't that Sekiro is fantastic. That's my favorite. Yeah, but see the the one thing the one setting I like less than Medieval Fantasy is Renaissance. So that <laughs> so Bloodborne's out as well. Um, but Sekiro isn't what? isn't it kind of that's when I think of the guy in the hat. Isn't it kind of like Renaissance era? It's yeah, like... a Victorian. This is a Victorian era. It seems like oh. very Victorian inspired and like Gothic. Gothic. That's true. Okay. I will say that I will say what something you said too. I want to just like I don't know. I guess tease that out a little bit. You said easier. I, I wouldn't say easier is the right word for Elden Ring. Even I get granted I haven't played it, so you know, huge grain of salt there. Um, and t- when you said that, like if you're you know having a difficult time, you could go somewhere else, and like that makes the game easier. I, I probably just say that, that that makes it easier to kind of be less frustrated. That makes sense, right? No, that doesn't make the, the game easier. Right? Yes, is that what yeah. you meant? Okay. Yeah, that yeah, the the from what I hear, that anybody you fight, like anything you, you have to do in terms of fighting or core combat, is still just going to be as brutal as as from software mm-hmm. game. But just the fact that it's open world, you do have more options to, on how you go about things. But yeah. no, it's definitely not. It's it definitely doesn't seem like it's easier than on any other in terms of the gameplay combat difficulty. Um, but some of the open world mechanics lend themselves to you getting being able to sort of take a breather and and i don't know take your time with it if elden ring wasn't coming out i would have told dan to probably try demon souls the remake 
I think Demon Souls is probably like the easiest of the Souls games, and it's it's like the most linear. I feel, and it's just like like the most approachable with like kind of like some few modernizations and stuff. Even though it is like very difficult, right? But yeah, I think Elden Ring probably be more of his up his alley. Rashan, I don't know, I don't know if you, how you do with open world games, Dan. I'm sorry, Ro. Sorry, please. Shan, no, yeah. are, you picking, are you picking up Elden Ring? Um, I want to. I definitely am interested to check it out. Um, the open world aspect of it definitely intrigues me. Definitely want to check out that. I love the... I'm definitely... Too, I'm on both sides of the same coin, like two sides of the same coin, but like the vagueness of the open world and how unhunt, how it doesn't hold your hand, how you have to figure stuff out by yourself. I love that. And on the other side, sometimes I really, really hate that because then I get super frustrated. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this item? But it's always fun to figure it out. But at the same time, yeah, I hate I hate it at the same time. But yes, Christian, what were you going to say? Bro, actually, to that point, my favorite thing about the Souls games, to be honest, is that whenever I do find moments where I'm stuck at, Souls games are kind of developed in mind where, like, it's kind of a, maybe it's an unspoken rule, but it's meant to be kind of a, a community game. That's like, what I was hearing, too. are very yeah. guys and, and, like, mysterious be, because it kind of forces communities to come to together talk, and figure yeah. stuff out. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, and that stuff is always great to see, like, online. Yeah, I did hear that. I did hear uh, that. uh, I was watching the kind of funny one actually, and how they were talking. How Tam was saying like, I was just talking to Andy this entire time. Like when he was stuck, I was letting him know, oh, just do this, this, and this, and like that's really cool. I I do like that. But Mm -hmm. when I'm just playing by myself, if I weren't to talk to somebody, something like that would upset me. But it's good to know that the, from what I've heard, I've never played a Souls game. From what I've heard, the Souls community is very welcoming, which is so interesting for the type of game that it is. You wouldn't expect that, but maybe I should have. But yeah, it's it's that's awesome. So I definitely want to check it out. I obviously we've all heard great things about it. I'm glad that the hype was warranted, and yeah, I'm definitely excited to check it out. I probably won't be right away, but I'm definitely right. interested in uh, picking this up. For the sure, highest rated game. Yes, Metacritic. Crazy. Take, take that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Dan. I don't know. You came in. You came in with Warhammer last week. I had to show up with something this week. That's true. Right. Yeah, you, right. you finished the or you started the Infinity Gauntlet. That's your first, you know, drop. I still have to wait for Witch Queen reviews. Mm. Come yeah, on, people. I haven't Come seen it. Like Witch Queen, though. it's going to be a while because you can't get uh, pre-access to the DLC. So it's going to be a while until yeah, gotcha. until we get it. Yeah, I'll um, review it for him right now. <laughs> so that brings us to the topic of the show today, which we got to in a very orderly way. No, we don't. It's not. I was testing you, Dan. Okay. You didn't say anything. Rashan passed. C- congratulations, Rashan. You passed. Christian and Danny failed. So, with that test out of the way. I was way, about to say something, but I could tell Dan was going to say something first. Uh, I was pointing about to. Yeah. About to, but you didn't. So, Rashan, congratulations. Um, you. You're the mine. sole winner of this. Yes, take your crown. Um, so, quick uh, fantasy critic draft check-in. Um, uh, Christian wins. Just everything. It's, <laughs> that's just pretty much how it's, that's how it's gonna go. Um, what, Dan, we, we, Dan, don't don't count down out. He's at don't count down out. Don't count <laughs> Dan out. He's at forty three points right now. I have ten. Yeah, but you have one. Wait, wait, ten. Oh, it hasn't calculated your Elden Ring. Yet. Yeah, oh. yeah. But remember that any score above ninety, uh, each point is worth double. So yeah, you're gonna get thirty four points from this. Insane. Good lord. <laughs> say it again, but slower. Insane. Don't actually say it, don't actually say it again. I wasn't going to. 
Um, so pretty much you turn me very neck and neck after after your uh, after the Elden yeah. Ring scores settle, and Rashan and I are comfortably uh, at the back of the pack. Um, when I said I, I set up, I I have like too many slots open for games. I may have made this um, fantasy critic like. You have to draft too many games because I'm missing a lot. Dan's almost filled up, though. But if we make yeah. this a tradition at the podcast PXN, we know this for next time, right? True. So this was sure. this was 15 and two counter picks, right? Yep. So next year, maybe 10 each, ten. or yeah, something like that. I mean, and in one counter pick, you know, ten in one counter pick, yeah. yeah. Um, on to what you got for me, Daniel Emanuel. What have you been playing? Yes, I've been playing lots of stuff for once. Lots of different stuff. Horizon Forbidden West, of course, I started on Friday, which I told you guys last week, I was like, I'm going to play Cyberpunk, and then I forgot that Horizon came out Friday, so I was like, well, that didn't happen. But yeah, Horizon's fantastic, absolutely beautiful on PS5. It's insane. Like, And actually, I was telling... Sorry, Christian. <laughs> beautiful, yes. Uh, I, said, I said you're beautiful. Oh, sorry. Well, that's a lie, so I mean, but anyways... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Gage, I was actually talking to about uh, Horizon and like the quality mode versus performance mode. I'm like, I tried to go to a quality mode just to see. I can't even tell the difference visually, quality versus performance mode. So it's like the performance mode's no brainer. It looks fantastic and it runs 60 frames per second. It's it's so good. Uh, I have seen, you know, there were some issues. Uh, here and there that people were having with uh, different quests not showing up and um, some performance Mm -hmm. issues. I personally haven't encountered any yet, but I'm only like four hours in. So obviously I'm still, I have a lot more to go. Um, But yeah, I really like it so far. Um, The new dinos are nice, you know. Uh, I I love the combat. The combat's fantastic. If there was one gripe that I had from uh, the first game, Zero Dawn, was that the combat for me wasn't as engaging as I would have liked it. Like, in the end game, it got better, like, once you had all of your tools, but I feel like at the get-go in Forbidden West, you're kind of, you know, put in a better position than you were at the start of Zero Dawn, which I really like. And uh, the this point in the story, which I don't want to spoil anything if uh, anyone hasn't played the first game, I like where they're at in the point in the story uh, right off the bat from this game as well. Uh, where, without spoiling, where are you at? Are you in the west, or are you still in the east? I'm still in the west. Yeah, I haven't. I, I or, yeah. sorry, you, have you made it to the west, or are you still on east? Uh, I'm still in the first area. I don't know west okay. versus east. Yeah. You you are not prepared. You yeah. are not prepared for what where the story is going to go next. Is really. Else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm I'm still embarrassed that I said prehistoric times last week. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, it made good content. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's funny. You corrected yourself though. You corrected yourself. It's uh, too late. It was too late. <laughs> I also played a little Battlefront 2 with Gage and of course Glenn as well. Uh that was actually a lot of fun. Like that game does not get enough credit for how good that game ended up turning out be- to to be after all of the issues that it had at launch and uh microtransactions and all of that. It's a actually really great game now. So um had a lot of fun with that playing some Darth Vader and you know Boba Fett actually was my favorite to play as. I was I was ripping it with boba um <laughs> and then the last game i've been playing which was as of yesterday destiny 2 witch queen uh, i have go. now joined the the ranks again rejoined the ranks of destiny i'm joining row and uh yes it's so good uh 
I honestly, this is probably my favorite expansion since probably Destiny 1 times. Like uh, there was expansions that I liked with Destiny 2, but nothing really captured me. But Witch Queen has really captured me again. Like it, the campaign already is phenomenal. I freaking love it. It's so good. And that's coming from someone that doesn't really know much about the, the overall Destiny 2 campaign because I've kind of fallen off of uh, off the map on that, like with the season content and all of that. I haven't really kept up with it that much, but it is it is such a good story and the game the campaign that i've played thus far is great i've only played the first story mission which may sound like nothing but as ro and i were talking about these freaking new story missions are so freaking long like i literally almost yeah. spent two hours on the first story mission i was like holy shit this is really beefy Plus, you're playing on legendary yes i am playing on legendary which again you're which is the way to go i heard yeah right? yeah well, when I was looking at it, it's like you get more rewards or you can get less rewards. I'm like, I want more rewards. <laughs> and like, you're not, you're not doing it by yourself, are you? I am actually. Yes, you're a madman. I was, yeah. Man. And that's what's crazy because, like I've told you guys before, I don't like hard games and like I don't like that kind of stuff. But like, I am really enjoying this. And it's not that I'm not dying because I'm definitely dying quite a few times. But it's not frustrating because I'm like, man, I stupidly did this. I I, I shouldn't have ran in there. I'm only just me playing this and uh yes it's it's so good i i'm really really enjoying it uh i think the sh the shaping weapons mechanic is super cool where you basically build your own weapons that's super awesome uh i got to build my first uh whatever you call that the uh the glaive, or the, yes, glaive. the glaive the yes glaive. um so that's super cool yeah having a lot of fun with it hopefully uh need to get row on my fire team and, and carry me along heck yeah can I ask what Roe and Dan's uh, classes are? They seem like warlocks to me. Oh. I used to be a warlock. I was a warlock main for all of Destiny 1. I'm a Titan main now in Destiny 2. Oh, we just need Titan. a hunt, yeah. or we need a warlock yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I used to, to be do? a uh, <laughs> you can a warlock. Uh, I'm a hunter or die. Nice. I'm a hunter too. I'm not being a warlock. <laughs> How dare you? Um... <laughs> Roro, what you got for me? Yes, I will just piggyback back off of the Witch Queen stuff. I am playing Witch Queen, Destiny Witch Queen right now. I have completed the campaign. I played on Classic, though. I'm planning to go back and play on Legendary to get the... Uh... <laughs> I could, yeah, I could do it with Dan. I could do the Legendary campaign with Dan. That would be perfect. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it is definitely, without a doubt, at least for me, my favorite Destiny expansion to date. Everybody compares the expansions to the Taken King because mm -hmm. that is the bar that they set with the the best that they can do. Um, and yes. Taken King was fantastic, but this I think definitely blows. Maybe it doesn't blow it out of the water, but it definitely is a step above that. Um, the, the as Dan said, the the missions are meaty, and thank God these are replayable, which is something that they did in D one, but they didn't do in D two. Um, so you can go back and grind out those missions and just see those story boots again. Like people want to play the campaign. You spent this long working on this stuff. It's just such a waste not to be able to go back and enjoy them. So I'm glad that they're doing that. Um, trying to think of anything that Dan uh, may not have mentioned, but yeah, the characters that they introduce in this is is super cool. I'm so excited for Dan to see the the ending of it. But as you said, with the the whole not knowing um, everything about Destiny. 
Um, I think you'll still enjoy it, though. I think it's still like the twists and turns that it takes you on. But as somebody who has kept up with the Destiny story, even when I'm taking a break, I'm still like reading up on it. It's just so awesome. So awesome what they're doing with it. And I cannot wait for what's next. I don't want to say that like we just got the Witch Queen, but I'm just so excited for the future of uh, the next story beat that they do. And actually, I mean, there's always like content drops. Like you're gonna have to get yeah. raid ready pretty soon. That's true. Oh my god, the, oh, dude, the raid. I don't even know who the, who the raid boss is gonna be, which is so exciting. Oh my god, mm. so, exci- so exciting. I, and Ro, I read up a bunch of uh, story beats actually nice. after playing that first mission because I was a little bit lost on a couple things. So like I caught myself up on some of the stuff like Osiris. I didn't know mm-hmm. about that whole ordeal. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Some really cool stuff. And yeah, there's some really cool reveals that happen. Like, a- another thing that people really don't like about the Destiny stuff is that they, instead of answering questions, they just add more questions to the story. And I feel like they answered a lot of questions with this campaign, which is super exciting. So we got some answers. Obviously, they added some more questions to it as well, but they, they finally answered some stuff after years and years. <laughs> you guys are making me want to jump back in. Come on. Cross platform. Like, I don't. I don't have. I don't have time, man. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't either. But you know, just do it. It made time. True. Christian, what you got for me? Um, I much like Dan have also been playing Horizon Forbidden West, nice. and it has been dominating my afternoons. I had a three day weekend at, at, at work, um, and I spent pretty much the entire weekend playing this game. I'm about thirty hours in. Probably a little over halfway through the campaign, probably somewhere around like 60% to maybe 75%. But I, I'd say there's probably more after, before, in between or after the, like, the quests that I have to do now. And I'm having just like the most wonderful time uh, doing my side quests and some of like the odd jobs here and there. I think if, if anything, like Zero Dawn, like existing in that world was awesome. I platinum the first Horizon. Forbidden West, like much like how Rose said about Destiny, like this is the 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 bar for what like open world games should be for Gorilla. Like that world is awesome to do all these these quests for, and like I'm I'm loving uh, like the lore dumps and kind of all the the sci-fi stuff that's going on. Oh my god, the sci-fi stuff is the best part of that game. My only kind of critic main criticism of Horizon is that it really is not an RPG. Or not the way at least uh, Gorilla thinks it's an RPG, and I mean that. And like, uh, there are no meaningful kinds. This is the way I define RPG. An RPG to me is like having um, to make uh, choices that like directly impact either your colorization of your character or that have some impact on the story. And right. Horizon does not do that at all, which is why I think it kind of fails in that RPG aspect. Um, I'll give you two examples with, without spoiling is like in Zero Dawn, you would have like multiple places for you, Aloy to respond um, with your kind of colorization of Aloy. You had like the option to respond with either like the brain for intelligence, the heart for emotion or the fist to kind of like be like a, a bit more like bitey in your response. The game start Forbidden West starts with that and then abandons it. Like I didn't see that come back for about 20 hours in my playthrough. And then I got into more side quests where, like, it came up twice more in between hours 20 and 30. And, and none of them did it make any kind of meaningful impact. And my other concern or criticism is that just, like, when I'm talking to people as Aloy, like, all the options are just essentially more lore dumps and more story about who these characters are. And I don't get more information about, like, 
who Aloy is or how Aloy feels about situations. It's just like this, these characters talking at me, which one, as Ro said earlier, is wonderfully animated. I want to add that it's also wonderfully written. The music is incredible. So the vibes are just like fantastic. I'm having so much fun, like listening to all these people just talk to me. But then I also just don't, it doesn't make for like a very compelling protagonist, which is kind of like that main issue for me. But otherwise, like I, I, I love Horizon. Like it, it's so good. I'm trying to complete uh, the side quests first because the side quests are like legit awesome. It, it leads to like some of the most beautiful moments in the game. Um, before I complete the actual main quest, and then hopefully by the end of the week, inshallah, hopefully by the end of the week, I'll be able to complete it so I can move on to Elden Ring. So nice. The music in Horizons fantastic. Also in Destiny, Witch Dude. Queen. Phenomenal. Oh my god! I, yeah, I've seen clips on Destiny's music. It's it, it goes hard. <laughs> um, the side quest thing is is a good thing to know. I don't usually do side quests in the in video games, and and I always try them because I was like, yeah, because there's games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I love the side quests in Ghost of Tsushima. Those like brought me into the world. I love them so much. I think I felt like they're like li- little mini episodes, and I I love them. And Red Dead Two, I think I did a lot of the side quests in, but yeah. most of the time don't do that but it's good to know that those side quests at least feel fun and add more to the world so that's Dude, that's exciting so i'd go so far as to say like there's the side quest and then there's the there's a level below that that's like the side to the side oh, quest I know, like these errands and stuff yeah. yeah yeah no no no. but even the errands themselves like have story beats to them where mm-hmm. i'm actually enjoying doing some of these errands and the side quests are like wonderfully written they're varied enough that like none of it is ever boring you're not it's not repetitive at all they're also vastly different yeah i guess the gameplay loop is is samey like you have to end up killing machines but or you know fighting other people but like everywhere in between like what you're actually doing for these people is is so interesting i cannot wait for dan to 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 actually journey into the west and see some of the stuff that that happens in that game it's so cool so i have a question is this game this, I mean, this is an obvious question, and it's a Google search away. But is this is this game M for mature? Is it is the tone mature, or is it? I thought it was mature until I got, saw commercials that said teen. I was actually surprised. Interesting. Okay, just because I know, I mean, she's using primitive weaponry, and you just mentioned that you can fight people. So I was like, oh, is this like a mature game? Or I can't. But like, I think so we, it's. it's... <laughs> I think because uh, there's not a lot of sexual content or like language. I think usually violence yeah. is a lot more lenient. In that room. right there's no language okay. and more importantly there's no blood so yeah. without yeah. blood you can get away with that oh, okay yeah. when you're fighting right. the humans it's not like you're stabbing people in the last of us it's yeah. like very you whack them in the head and they just fall over pretty much oh okay yeah, yeah. this this horizon is, i would say is, is is a lot harder than zero dawn i'm like this is i'm struggling i'm on normal difficulty and i'm struggling with some of these encounters like these dinos give me that work so keep that in mind bro whenever you pick it up god <laughs> um and finally i am playing battlefront 2 as Dan mentioned, great game, really, really impressive game too, visually and and sound design. The game is just I, I, like I agree with you. Dan does not get enough credit. Um, playing that game, you are immersed in it. I mean, Dan, you're playing on the Series X. I'm mostly playing on my PC with all the settings cranked. It's just, it's a gorgeous game. It's an absolutely gorgeous game. Sound design, you're you're merely immersed when you're playing it. So it's good fun. It's held up well. I don't know which one of us suggested to play it, but we just all decided to play Battlefront 2, and I'm glad we did, because it is it is a good time. The game holds up really well. And the servers are still populated. We don't have any uh, issues finding finding games, which is nice as well. Um, and then, an update from last week. I have been playing Bioshock Remastered. Oh. Wow. And, Christian... Cool I'm gonna, opening. 
okay, so fucking awesome opening, right? <laughs> um, the tone and the story immediately, I was like, this is somebody's reached in my brain of what I think would be interesting and has has pulled out this. This is it checks all the boxes. Christian, I'm gonna have to hand you the L on this because Bioshock holds up. Is oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. You're not done you yet. You gotta finish the game, man. <laughs> Don't hand well, me the L yet. Finish the game. <laughs> but you said the I, if I remember correctly, it was that whether or not the gameplay satisfies me. And the gameplay no, we, we, is we threw that out. We threw that out. Did we? Okay, sorry. Yeah. So then I'm gonna take back the L. I'm gonna hold on to it for now. <laughs> The game's fantastic. I'm having a great time with it. I'm having a really good time with it. I'm about... I don't know how I don't know how long the game is. I'm not looking up anything about it because I know it has a twist. And I did at one point know the twist because at one point I had no interest in playing this game. So my friends at the time were like... you know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah tell me, tell me. I know it's Would You Kindly something. I know about that. But I, I've, I've forgotten what the twist is. So I'm not looking it up. And <laughs> therefore I'm not looking up how long the game is. So I don't know how far I am in it. I've done I've done my first boss battle, this plastic surgeon guy, um, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, wow! I can't say how well it holds up on console. Like I said, some of these older games, there's controller joystick, uh, you know, acceleration issues and all that stuff. I'm playing on mouse and keyboard, so it feels it feels fast and fluid. Um, it's a really good time, and yeah, the tone and the vibe of this game is so awesome. I really hope. I, I have I my expectations for the movie are very low, but if they can capture this atmosphere, like this game is extremely atmospheric, um, and uh, surprisingly like pushes the pushes the envelope in a lot of ways that we don't see games do it anymore, like the whole little sister thing and mm. and some of the some of the uh, philosoph- uh, philosophical ideas that this game toys around with. It's big it's daddy. big daddies, <laughs> big daddies everywhere. Um, it's just. It's a great game. It's a really great game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm excited to see where it goes. So what's the bet? So I'm clear for when this next before we check in next. What was the bet? Dan, do you remember? I don't remember. That 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 Dan, I think it was that that Gage would like the game. Yes. That you would like. Oh, okay. So you think there's still a chance I won't like it, Christian? <laughs> I mean, personally, probably not. You know? <laughs> like I, I, I think uh, who knows? You're still pretty early on. Okay. Honestly, if you're only done the okay. first boss, like you, you got a, a ways to go. Man, I okay. feel like that game just gets better as you go, though. Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I like that. Could be the rose tinted glasses. And, and, and maybe the whole like, since you know part of what happens, or I don't know how much you know, but if I that, don't remember anything, that, I just know that there's a oh, big twist. Okay. Well, that might taint your experience. I don't know. We'll see. I guess. But yes, right. the the whole yeah, the reveals that you get is just mind blowing for me. That was. Oh. I absolutely love the lore of this game, though. The vibe immediately, that intro, and the... Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I'm really glad I tried this game, because, uh, yeah. It's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, Topic of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Call of Duty is breaking its annual release tradition after 18 years. A major change in the formula can be expected as a result of the Xbox acquisition. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen... What would we like to see from Call of Duty, from the Call of Duty IP over the next few years? Can this titan of a franchise be made to satisfy both consumers and the business? This this product, this this yeah, product is the best word for it. I mean, that's how the that's how the suits see it. Um, has been expected to release once a year and to make X amount of sales and you know uh, community feedback be damned. But now we're seeing a change uh, as a result of 
uh, well, supposedly we're guessing, but probably is very likely as a, as a result of the Xbox acquisition and Phil Spencer's influence. So what, what do you guys think about this? I mean, we've already talked about this briefly, so we're all pretty positive on, on the change. And what do you guys want to see going forward? So, um, one of the, so the street meet uh, that I was going to mention earlier, I'm going to bring that up now. A Bloomberg, a Bloomberg article states that the uh, Call of Duty title, um, that a Call of Duty title is being co-developed by Treyarch and will release in 2023 to fill the gap of the mainline Call of Duty game that has been delayed that we talked about earlier. Um, I'm I'm going to connect this to um, a leak that industry insider Tom Henderson. I reported on all the way back in February of 2021, which is that there is currently a standalone zombies game that is being developed uh, at Treyarch. Mm. So, do we? Is this possibly a live service game that comes out and that is free to play, and is is a separate series that we see now released alongside? Does that mean zombies gets taken out of the mainline franchises? But more importantly. What do you guys want from the Call of Duty franchise now that these changes are big changes are coming to this? Um, do we think one COD game every two years and each studio get there's two studios working on them, they each get four years of dev time? Is that something that we want to see? Um, personally, I'm in favor of that. I would love for developers to get all the time they need. Um, that won't happen, obviously, but if they can get an extra year, I think that would benefit the title uh, greatly. And um, it's an exciting time. It's, it's an the craziest thing about this entire acquisition is that I get to be excited about Call of Duty again, which is something I didn't think was going to happen right. ever again. Um, franchi- I've been franchise fatigued a very long time. Like we've, like we've mentioned in the podcast before, Modern Warfare 2019 was the first time I jumped back into the Call of Duty franchise excitedly. And then the next year, they went to Cold War, which, again, they got a year less time, went back to the old engine. It was a downgrade for me. So then I was immediately franchise fatigued again. So... Yeah. Christian, give me your thoughts on this. Okay. The first place I go to is, which is like not a concern, but like a question here is like, what does Call of Duty even mean anymore? Quote unquote, like, right. you know, what, what does Call of Duty mean to other people is, is my question, because it has always meant something kind of different. And I think now more than ever, that question kind of persists. And I'll give you an example. Like to many, like in the heydays of, you know, our, the 2010s, the early Call of Duty was like the multiplayer. Uh, and that experience you get, you know, on Xbox Live or PSN, like chatting with like randos on the internet and like gaming all night long. To that extent, like Call of Duty still kind of is that, but it's much grown to be much more so. There are so many people who are, have been introduced to Call of Duty who are playing it solely as a battle royale now. It is also mm-hmm. a Warzone game. Right. For a while, Call of Duty was just the Treyarch games because people would s- skip the other ones because they wanted more zombies in their game. And maybe they tried out Sledgehammer's games and they played, the, you know, that Zombies that I think they had an iteration of that as well. So, like, yeah. that's the question, right, that you that you kind of brought up because there is going to be a rumored standalone Zombies game. Like, how well-received is that going to be? I think for the most part, people love Zombies. Like, anecdotally, I can say that, you know, the people that bought Black Ops Cold War, even though they didn't like the, the campaign, they didn't like the multiplayer as much, still really much enjoyed the Zombies because, like, it's always refreshing and it's always, like, fun. Right. And, like, that's, like, a thing you can do, right? I think what I want out of Call of Duty is just for them to explore these kinds of niches and to really, like, hopefully give, like, more time to kind of make these products, these separate products, these Warzone multiplayer suites and zombie suites, 
more quality products and more diverse and give me a reason to kind of stay on that platform. Uh, I think we kind of talked about about it earlier. 2019's Modern Warfare Remake, I thought was like a real like return to form because it was like, uh, it's roots, right? It's boots on the ground, right? And that was like the big phrase everyone was throwing around for the whole right. year. But it worked because like it was awesome and they, and they really like refined what that gameplay was and what people liked out of it, which is like boots on the ground combat with like, awesome like gun mechanics and awesome gameplay they're like i i loved playing modern warfare 2019 i love the story i yeah. would love to see campaigns come back in a more quality like infinite warfare's campaign was awesome with kevin spacey and oh well, he's problematic advanced warfare right advanced warfare yeah no 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 infinite warfare infinite, infinite warfare, warfare was a thing advanced warfare's kevin spacey ignore that but infinite warfare's campaign yes. was awesome because of like right. the elements it introduced i want them to double down on this like war gray area stuff and actually give me an actual exploration of that that they didn't give me in 2019 in a more meaningful way in the next call of duty like i would love to see that but yeah just just nail what you're going for and then appease that audience by like continuing to support it and and, and not abandon it when the next thing comes out now you, you want all your players to move over if they can just kind of have these niches and 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 support them that way i think it's going to be really awesome for people who are trying to get back into COD or who still play COD. Right. So to your point there about uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, I just want to mention, I have, I think at last I checked, I probably had about four days played in Black Ops Cold War. Maybe four hours of that was campaign. Or sorry, maybe four hours of that was multiplayer. So the rest of it was zombies. Wow. The rest of it was zombies. So to your point of people who play the Call of Duty games just for zombies, that's me. Um... And um, while the Cold War as a whole package was a step backwards, the zombies portion of that mode was definitely a giant leap forward. They added a lot of cool mechanics um, um, that I actually think would lend itself to its own game. Uh, The weapon rarities and and upgrades and modding and all this stuff and loadouts for zombies and all this cool stuff. So um, I want to just jump on something you said there where what is Call of Duty? What does Call of Duty mean? And I think Call of Duty what Activision has has sort of made it and molded it into is the premier casual experience. It's got a very low skill ceiling, mm. right? You can be you can be a, a cracked 13-year-old with with crazy fast reflexes, but you're going to you're not going to be any better than FaZe Clan because whoever shoots first wins, right? It's a very premier most of the time polished smooth casual multiplayer experience. So if Phil Spencer wants that, I mean, he can get that. And, and and if anything, it'll only just be more polished if they get the extra year of development time. So, I mean, I think that's what Call of Duty is and what what it can be going forward. Now, um, zombies, can zombies coexist with that? I think it can. I think it's different enough. I think the, the four... Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty World War... Uh, World at War, sorry. I mean... Before that, the whole wave defense thing was few and far between, and then zombies came out, and it became a craze. Everybody loves it, right? And it's such a it's such a perfect formula. So, I think that a standalone zombies game that exists, maybe even a standalone zombies franchise that exists along Call of Duty, could totally work. Um, but I totally agree with you. I want I want more time. I, I miss Call of Duty campaigns, and you know, and and it's not something that. Is maybe a huge selling point in the in the community. They probably have their analytics of how many people actually play the campaigns, or finish but, or finish them. But I agree with you. I I know so many people who picked up Modern Warfare, and I was like, "Did you guys play the campaign?" And they're like, "Oh no, no, no I'll get around to it." I'm like, "It's seven hours. Like, just play the thing. It's fantastic." And it rocks. Um, dude. It clean, rocks. That clean house mission. Oh my god. And that's the thing is that you know, 
it's never going to do everything we want. And, and I think I sometimes get too high expectations for the story and the tone because it is a, at the end of the day, it's a Michael Bay campaign. It always will be. Mm-hmm, but sure. I would love to see. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'd love to see them double down on that tone where it's like the multiplayer can be as fast and frantic as you want. But I want a gritty sort of real experience. So we got hints of that with Farrah's character and 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 the politics that go on with that, especially towards the end of the campaign with Simon Riley. With things that happen. Simon Riley, yes, whose whose uh, entire personality is a balaclava that looks cool. Um Rashan, what do you want to see from the Call of Duty franchise going forward? Oh boy. Um my experience with Call of Duty, I've never in my life bought a call of duty game it's always been secondhand or through ps plus or something or right. like it's a free game and i just download it and when i download it i usually never play it i just have it there in my library um like for you gauge where you said medieval fantasy isn't your thing medieval fantasy also isn't my thing usually but sometimes the game hits but that's i'm on a tangent now but army stuff usually isn't my thing so i usually just don't even look in the direction of call of duty when a new one comes out um, so my honest answer, which is kind of a joke, Call of Duty would have to be a third person action adventure for me to actually pick it up, but that's never <laughs> going to happen. So what I would like from it is, and from what I'm hearing from you and Christian, is that the campaigns are good. I just never pick them up. And I'm trying to think of the times where I've been, where I have looked in the direction of Call of Duty is when it kind of strays away from that World War II war thing and with infinite warfare and advanced warfare, I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I might I might check it out. I never did. But right. I, I, I became interested in it. So I'm probably the worst person to ask because I, I've never been really interested in Call of Duty and they probably don't even care to attract me because I'm probably, I probably wouldn't stick around long enough. But to get me interested is a good campaign, which from what I'm hearing, they have done. Um, I just have to give it a shot. Um, and the multiplayer, I, I, I guess I don't like the, the low skill ceiling because I, I really hate the how the how frantic it is. It's like right. like you said, how how if you shoot first you you win. And and when I've been playing those games, for some reason I sometimes I have shot first. And <laughs> I just I'm still at the bottom of the leaderboard. But I just like a little bit more skill in the multiplayer stuff. I understand that's not what Call of Duty is. There's a for certain sure. type of gameplay that they're that they're going for. Um so honestly I, I do enjoy zombies. Like I said, my my only um experience with call of duty is at friends houses just playing with them and zombies is always the staple of any sleepover right. back in high school and i yes. I, I loved playing that with my with my friends and so yeah if, if if they do do a standalone zombie thing that's definitely something that i would download and and try but mm-hmm. as for like the mainline call of duty games i i honestly don't know what they would have to do to get me involved but again going off of what you and christian were saying i maybe i should try a, a camp a call of duty campaign based on what you're saying can, can I just say, too, to add, like, the best, and just kind of speak to that point about, like, uh, low-skill, like, entry, which I think is true, but I, I think if you're playing alone, it, it kind of puts you at disadvantage, because you're not probably having that much fun just constantly dying. Right. <laughs> I think the best thing about Call of Duty, and you know, that's the way I enjoy these games the most, is that um, back when I did, used to used to suck in COD 4 days, like, joining a squad with my friends and just kind of sh- shooting the the shite that's still a cuss word i was trying to avoid the shit shit i'll just say i'll say shit <laughs> i did it I, I cussed on the on the show yeah just shooting the shit with friends and like letting them like me them like carry me most of the time like even if i'm performing bad or i'm just like having an off day 
um, like I still have fun because they're, they're right. still kind of carrying me and I'm just like focusing on conversation, just like playing with other people. I don't know if they can get that, that kind of atmosphere back. And again, Modern Warfare 2019, like somehow brought that magic back. They can do that again. It's it's, cool. like, I, like I said, it's, it's, it, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a casual social experience, right? Yeah. Um, I'll to say, Ro, I'd play with you and talk Nintendo with you. While we <laughs> thank you. I was going to say that that might be the, the part of the equation that I'm missing because, right. as I said, the I played uh, Zombies with friends, loved it. Every time I'm playing multiplayer PvP, I am usually playing by myself, and I'm having a very bad time. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so maybe it is a, a, a more social thing, like you guys are saying, that I just need to socialize and, and, and enjoy the game that way. Now, the, the chances of things like this happening, uh, I mean... It's it's slim, but it's 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 bigger than it ever has been with with this with this what is essentially a monumental shakeup to the formula. We know that um, in the early early years of Call of Duty, that there was some prototypes for some far far out there sort of ideas. There was a project that actually got into the uh, pre production uh, phase, which is a which was supposed to be a Call of Duty that takes place in Roman times. Um, so they did toy around with these ideas really early on before whoever was in, in charge of Activision at the time, maybe it was Bobby Kodak, I don't know how long he's been there, uh, realized that these were money makers and they needed to get one out every year. So early on, I think this was, I think this was, was right before Call of Duty 4, so it would have been Call of Duty 3 era, 2006. They were, they, it got all the way into pre-production. It was a, it was a oh. Roman like melee based third person call of duty mainline game they were going to go totally balls to the wall out there explore different time zones so like you're saying rishan like what's it going to take for you time zones yeah (laughs) eastern pacific all over the place man i think that was Um, what sledgehammer was making before world war two or world war one right or is that right world war one is that their game Ooh, no didn't I don't they make think so. Call of Duty World War I? I think it was World War II. Or World War II. Whatever. I don't know. They, Sledgehammer made... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's, there's 26 of them, Dan. There's yeah. 26 of them, so it's it's hard to keep track. Um. So, when you, like you're saying, Rishan, like somebody like yourself, it would, it would take some really experimental titles to, to get you into it. So maybe, again, slim chance, but a bigger chance than there's ever been. Maybe stuff like that does happen. Maybe they make a Call of Duty RTS. Maybe they make a Call of Duty third-person game, which I would love. I Shard love the old games. Shooter. Exactly right. Which if this if this <laughs> yeah, zo- if this if this zombies game is um is real, we don't know that it's just you know maps of of four-player survival. Maybe it is a live-service title that's a shared world, something like that. So, I mean, the possibility and, is is there. And like I, like you said in the question, and, and like I. I is that a good idea to do like is that a good idea for to satisfy consumers and the business i say probably not because i I would say most of the call of duty fan base would be pretty pissed if they did a call of duty rts or a shedward shooter or something like that i might be happy Mm. but i'm just one guy who doesn't like call of duty so right yeah now now here's the thing what if what if they try these games without using the mainline studios right because xbox now owns this ip certain affinity Mm. other places um uh, oh right other these there's other places that could maybe do this right so something to think about but before we get all on onto that dan what is your initial read on this um again we're, we all seem to be pretty positive on the idea that they're taking a break but what do you want to see from the call of duty ip over the next five six years once we get into that acquisition yeah i mean 
kind of similarly to you guys, like campaign has always been like my favorite mode, obviously gauge zombies more so for you. Uh, but right. like Christian, I totally agree with you. Campaigns have always been fantastic. Like in infinite warfare, for instance, great campaign, uh, advanced warfare, despite, you know, Kevin Spacey ordeal. <laughs> that was a bad ordeal. Uh, but obviously that was before still enjoyable before we knew it, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a good performance yes. regardless of the guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the campaigns are what I would like to see them get back to like making great again. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I haven't played Vanguard's campaign, so I can't really speak to that. And honestly, I haven't played cold wars campaign either, but I like you gauge. I, you and Christian both. I enjoyed the, uh, modern warfare campaign as well so the reboot so hopefully they can continue to go back to that i would love to see them go back to two two years um between games and four-year dev cycles for you know treyarch and infinity ward and let sledgehammer kind of either support them or do something else i think that would be great idea gauge uh also like I think you touched on this as well, Christian. Like, I would love to see more original subgenres under the Call of Duty name. Like, we keep going back to Modern Warfare and then, you know, Black Ops. Let's let's do something else. Like, let's let's you know start a new brand of Call of Duty. Like, you know, they started with Infinite Warfare and then they kind of just abandoned it and uh, kind of left it at the wayside. I'd love to see them kind of experiment a, a bit more in that regard. Um, just bro. <laughs> I just, I just had a quick question. Have they ever done a Call of Duty outside of America or Russia? Or have those, are those Infinite like the, Warfare, yeah, I think, would be the only yeah, one which yeah. is dip, which is interplanetary. But okay. right. aside yeah. from that, it's either a, a based on history or it's yeah, it's a fictitious uh, United States versus Russia. Yeah, it's always the uh, same. I guess Vietnam. The original Modern War. Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sorry, yes, you're right. The the original Modern Warfare was a Middle Eastern conflict. Um, yeah, it was Middle Eastern. But but yeah, but but ended up at Russia again, right? Because you go through and then which <laughs> it still it still ends up at, at Russia, yeah. Russia right now, I guess it's kind of relevant. <laughs> they're sitting on yeah. the border. Of, uh... It's not for no reason. Russia is kind of they're kind of wilding out and they have been for a while. Um now when you say it was something that you just mentioned there, Dan, is taking chances, is that yeah. unfortunately, uh when, before Vanguard was revealed, there was a lot of incorrect leaks and rumors that it was going to be an alternate history game, that it was going to be a World War II game, as, but if Hitler had won the war. I would love to see them do things like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. if you guys want to stick to what you're good at, that's fine, but like take some artistic you know, chances, some risks. It would be. I, I'm totally all about... It's not everybody's cup of tea. I love alternate history. I, I think it's so fascinating. Um... There was an HBO show that was um, it was being written and then it got canceled. But it was it was pretty much as if the I think it was either the South won the Civil War or it was a stalemate, so that the United States was divided in two countries. What would a Call of Duty game look like that? Where it's like you've got a, another American Civil War in in like modern times, where it's like the Southern states. I would are... not do a Civil War Call of Duty game. That would be terrible to play multiplayer. I would, and that fan base can be yeah. pretty toxic. I think it would be pretty terrible Is... to do something like that. Yeah. Is is that is that toxicity going anywhere though? Like, I mean, you're gonna get it no matter what. Yeah, the the hope is that you curb that as much as possible and don't just like be complacent about it. It's one of the reasons why they had Black Lives Matter when you would start a Warzone or or, or uh, Modern Warfare 2019. True. Okay. I, so I mean, I mean, I, I, we have to agree agree to disagree there. I think if if you're if you're an artist making a certain type of story, whatever. 
I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily condoning oh, if, they it, yeah. want, no, yeah, sure. if they want to do if they want to do sort of something like that. Either way, I think alternate history and 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 doing something like that where they're sort of taking chances and not just doing oh it's World War Two again, but now we're focusing on this theater. It's like all right, we've been there a million times. We know what happened. We've we've all we've all mm, seen this. We've yeah. all read about this, right? So and uh, be, if I'm being sorry, sorry, go no, ahead, no, good. go ahead. If I'm being legit, the one thing I do want to see from a Call of Duty campaign is just to get rid of all the patriotism. Because I think that can be too heavy-handed, and like, right. it leads to the detriment like of an actual like nuanced campaign that like questions my morality. Just focus focus on the morals of war. Period. Not just like these like conflicts between America and like this whatever X country. Or like, oh yes, we're Americans, and I, I don't know. Like that that's a bit too much for for my taste. Like that was the other thing that I was going to ask. Like about is has there been another location? I was also going to ask. Like has there been another perspective besides right. besides U.S.? Like, I guess not. So yeah. he, I mean, here's here's an off the top of my head the pitch. What okay. what about what about a Call of Duty? If they wanted to stick to their realistic settings, what about a Call of Duty game where you play as like a French civilian caught in the middle of World War Two? You don't play as America. You don't play as Germany. You're literally just a civilian, like who's caught in the in the middle of this war. And it's Call of Duty. It's got some sort of clever subtitle, and it's just about, like you said, the impacts of war. Like totally, they could do so many different things like that yeah. instead of just good guys versus bad guys, right? And and credit where credits due. Battlefield tried to do something like this with Battlefield One with their little war story vignettes, right? Where some which were great, which were fantastic, right? So imagine a whole campaign based around somebody who's has a, has no allegiance to any sort of superpower is just trying to get by or there's tons of things they could totally do like that i agree i i would like to see them i'm definitely tired of the same tropes that we've been getting for you know mm-hmm. 20 years now with this with this franchise my actual answer in a note because i know we're running long is just to bring back wager matches there you go Hell that's yeah. how you win bring back wager matches <laughs> bring back the black ops one unlock system by the way let me let me buy the attachments oh, i want to buy pick-in? in the, the yeah system and that, but that, but also like, let me unlock the attachments in the order I want to unlock them. You know what I mean? Like, you, that was the one where you earned money, and that was wager matches. You you could do wager matches as well. You could do the wager challenges mm-hmm. where it's like you put down x amount of money and you have to do the challenge. It reveals the challenge after the fact. Yeah, that was great though. That was cool. Wager Dan, matches. sorry, Dan, we cut you off. Sorry, finish your uh, finish your thoughts, please. No, you're good. Uh, the only other thing I was gonna say, zombies um, hasn't been released since, uh, or they had they did a standalone zombies game already that released back in 2009, and uh, that game kind of collected like previous games, zombies uh, maps and and um, characters and such. I think it would be cool if they did something like that and just kind of like brought it in the current engine, uh, a bunch of cool maps like that people are really love oh, from the past right. and characters and bring them all in this one package. I think that would be fantastic. You gave me a little hot and heavy, Dan. That was incredible. <laughs> also, was also, I would like to also point out, Gage, you said the Civil War. Putting aside the like the issues, you know, obviously the terrible racial issues with the Civil War, but like also like that game probably would be awful to play. Like World War One games are already not that great to play. Like I feel like that would be even worse to play. Like what what would you be doing? I mean, that? I don't. I was, talk, I was talking about a modern day, right? I was yeah. talking about a modern day alternate history, not actually not Call of Duty eighteen sixty five. Nobody wants to play that, right? Oh, okay. I misinterpreted what you said. That okay? Like a, kind of like a man in the high castle type deal. Where, yes, that's know, exactly yeah, what yeah. I was getting at. Oh yes. man, that changed no. everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. Like an alternate. If that if that war had continued to this day, whatever. Anyways, um. 
so yes, we'd all like to see Call of Duty experiment is what I'm getting from this conversation. We'd all like to see them take some creative risks and and try and break away from the mold they've been establishing. And I think with the with the extra dev time, if this becomes you know a norm, a, a ritual that they do support a, a Call of Duty game for for two years instead of one, maybe we could finally see some of this stuff come to come to fruition. And mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it, it, like I said, it's a strange time. Aside from all these crazy acquisitions, it's, it's a say, it's a weird time for myself to be excited about the future of Call of Duty because I had just written it off for so so many years. Um, but we need to end the show because it's the longest yeah. show we've ever done, literally. And Dan's not going to let me hear yeah. the end of it because he's I claimed fun. I had fun too. I had fun too. We like to talk here, but Dan, he's not going to let me hear the end of it. So I'm going to end the show here. I'm going to do it with a nice, quick, tidy outro. Yeah. Thank I'm you sure. again to everyone joining us live on YouTube. Twitch and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, and also Skype and Microsoft Teams and Google no. Hangouts. We are there every Wednesday, so make sure you join us there. Send us your Google Hangouts. Send us your emails. Um, thank you to Man Meat for sponsoring this episode. Remember, Podcast PXN gets you 10% off your first order of your no, Man Meat of choice. Thank you to Roro Christian. Daniel no. and to myself for doing an excellent job hosting another flawless episode. Gentlemen, it's been a treat. I love you all so dearly. Gamers out there, I hope you keep on gaming, having a good game. Games, gaming, just keep gaming. Much love. Elden Ring. Kerbussy. See ya. <laughs> A bro's balance. <laughs>